Welcome once again to Catalog and Cocktails, presented by Data.World. We're coming to you live from Austin, Texas, and also from CDOIQ in Cambridge, the Boston area. It's an honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in hand. I'm Tim Gasper, longtime data nerd, product guy, and customer guy at Data.World, joined by Juan Cicada. Hey, Tim, I'm Juan Cicada, Principal Scientist at Data.World, and as always, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited that we're now getting back to our flow on season six, starting year number four of our podcast, and I'm just so excited that we get to do the podcast with such amazing people, and we get to do this live, and today we are live coming from CDO IQ, and we're with Tom Redman, the Data Doc. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for, you know, since we, you invited me. Which is a while ago, like yeah, we've, been, we've been prepping this like for like six months or something. I it think. does seem like, like that. and I think right. it what it is, but we're super excited. Like a lot to chat about what we've been hearing in the first two days of CDO IQ. Right. You have an upcoming book that I want to talk about and talk about all the what's working, what's not working. But anyway, before we get there, uh, what are we drinking? What are we toasted for? Tim, you go first. I've got a bee's knees here because uh, being able to chat with you, Tom, is going to be the bee's knees. So I'm very excited about that. Um, it's got some Neptunia Hendrix gin, some lemon and some honey syrup. I made some honey syrup a couple days ago, so I'm trying to use that up. Uh, and so, yeah, excited. How about you, Tom? So I, I, I'm a, you know, my tastes are a little more pedestrian. I have a, a gravity free beer. And, um, and I'm toasted, look, the thing we need most in the data space is courage. And so I'm toasting the people who've shown the most courage for the last 18 months, in, in my view, the, the people in Ukraine. Cheers to that. I, I'm, I'm having a paper plane, uh, which is uh, whiskey, I think a bourbon, and Aperol, and... Uh, very refreshing and sweet for today. Yeah, yeah. I'll, cheers to that, Tom. And cheers, to you, Tom. Ren. All right, we got, we got really good cocktails today. So, warm-up question. If you could be a doctor or a therapist, but not the data doctor, right. what kind of doctor would you be? So, I, I mean, it's really interesting that you pose that question that way because I actually think mostly I am a therapist, right? <laughs> I, I, I would, you know, maybe it would be change management or, or organizational change or organizational psychology, uh, some something like that. I mean, so mostly I work on data quality. And when you really get down to it, there's four or five concepts that you have to understand. Now, you have to understand those and figure out how they're going to work in your organization. Right. But that's the psychology. That's the change management. And um and so I think if I wasn't the data doc, I don't know, the, the organizational change doc doesn't have the same ring, but, but that might be where uh, I, I'd get my, I'd have my degree. So. Nice. So, nice. So, Tim, what would you be uh, the blank doc? You know, I'm, I've always been fascinated with the brain, right? So I, I'd be like a brain doctor, whether that's like a neurosurgeon or a cognitive scientist, something like that. So I'd be the brain doc. And I think I'm taking inspiration from my wife, who works a lot in human behavior. Uh, she's a she's a, a psychologist and uh, in special education, working with children with autism. And about so, I like the whole part of just understanding human behavior. Um, so I think it's also the type of therapist. And we we're talking before that maybe it's a a bartender too, right? To go talk to people, understand their problems. And so right, I mean, having that set of skills, 
is, uh, you know, you're not about mixing the drinks, but talking to people and engaging them is, is really, really important. Yeah. All right. So I think there's, we got different career options here if you want to go change. Our- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick this off. All right. We're coming from CDOIQ. Uh, Tom, you have an incredible career going, seeing so many things up decades and decades. Honest no BS. What's working in the data world? What's not working in the data world? So, so it's a really good question. And, and, and I think that there's, there's sort of two parts to this and it's a little bit paradoxical because if you sort of look over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years at the success stories, uh, broadly, I, I see the world in sort of like the data science, the analytics and the data quality space. Right. So I think both both those broadly. But there's enormous successes in both those spaces. So, I mean, you know, like like we designed the global telecommunications network and the thing worked. Right. You know, we have manufacturing facilities that that produce, you know, incredible amounts of stuff at lower and lower cost. And and, and analytics and data science has, has played a role in that. So, I mean, you know, today it's like, you know, AI. I mean, there's some great stories. That one of my favorite is, is something that's going on at Morgan Stanley called Next Best Action, right? And and similarly in, in data quality, so like if you attack data quality properly, right, and to focus on where, what, what are the, the root causes of the problem and how are we going to build the organizational capabilities to get at those and make them go away permanently? It, it's, it's like a miracle. It's like, you know, so much cost goes out of, of the company, you know, today and a, a lot of companies, maybe a third of people's time over the entire organization is spent dealing with mundane data issues, right? And, and so you can make an incredible amount of that go away. And when you do, when the people do the work to make that happen, it is the most empowering thing ever, right? And and this stuff is, I mean, the methods are written up, the approaches are written up, the case studies are written up. Some of my clients, you know, include Chevron and, and AT&T and Morningstar and, and so forth. So, so there's not as many data quality case studies as there are in the data science realm. Um, but this stuff works. And we know it works because it has been proven in in tough environments, right? But the um, but beyond the points of light, the the situation is really really a lot different. And and progress has been expensive, slow. It has been painful and 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 uncertain. And if you just you know, sort of take a typical organization today, you find data quality is essentially unmanaged and and pretty darn bad, right? The failure rate of data science projects is embarrassingly high. So, you know, there's various statistics out there and, and you know, it's exactly what counts and so forth and whether failures actually make it into the statistics. I don't know. It's like it is north of 90 percent almost certainly in in most organizations a little bit more subtly technical debt is is uh is out of control right and and all this is costs are high like we have seen some great technologies in the last i don't know dozen 15 years right uh generally speaking from an economic point of view we expect technology to drive productivity but productivity is flat 
right? And 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 the effects of that across the the, the economy in terms of inability to grow. I mean, so they're really stifled, right? Inside the company, costs are high. There's a lot of we talked about that a little bit. In the global economy, the productivity is flat, and 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 I and I really want people to wrap their heads around that, right? There have been some great technologies, uh, blockchain. Like data lakes, data warehouses, you know, productivity should be soaring, and and it is not. Okay, and so overall, we have this paradox. We have this paradox of what is demonstrably possible, right? And then we have the, I don't know, maybe mediocre performance that most are experiencing, and the impact uh, on all of us is is pretty darn bad so we know the art of the possible because it's not just an art it it has happened so right. we know we we have these concrete examples but we're also living through a world where we're just seeing all this pain and and where is that productivity we're we're, we're not we're not seeing many more of those success cases so it's working but at the same time it's not working so I would argue that at the end it's not working, and we just and, and you you brought up like we we're kind of accepting mediocre results. We're, we're the status quo is like yeah it, it it takes so much time that's just the way it is, and and we have to go deal with all this stuff. And so so look, I mean I I, I do want to sort of have a viewpoint here, and so not all organizations are this way, but I I think that there is is a point of view that says. Okay, we're going to take a business process. We're going to open it up. We're going to insert a new technology, and then we're going to deal with the wetware, right? You know, the wetware are, are the human beings, right? And and the fact of the matter is, it's just way more complex than that. If if you look at the successes, the technological successes, like the technological successes were accompanied by changes in management, changes in the way. In, in the way the organization was was set up, changes in responsibility, and 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 then sort of you know sorting out the accommodations between people and and the technologies. I mean, like like a simple example is a great technology was electrification, right? Well, when that came in, you know, so people had all these bare wires, right? And and and, um, and so you know like it was dangerous, so, you know, touch a bare wire and and, and people could could lose their life. And, and so we had to figure out how people were going to work with electrification and, um, and, and, and sort of use it like how we were going to change our factories and, and, and so forth. Right. And, and so in my view, the things around the technologies that we're seeing now, and I'm going to put AI and especially gen AI in this bucket is, is there has been, an incredible focus on the technology and not the things that go with it, right? And in the case of, of, of analytics and a lot of these technologies, the things that go with it are the data and the data and the people and the organization, right? And and so, you know, so so we have this, it's, it's sort, sort of like, you know, think of this as a three or four legs or whatever it is, Right. But one leg is, you know, yay long. And then the other two are like this. Right. Um, we if you talk to people when you get down, you know, what really made you succeed? 
It was, oh, we did this organizationally, or I connected with this person, or we got together as a team, right? And, and those things, for those that are not succeeding, it, it, you know, it is some, I think each, so, you know, we've talked about Tolstoy, right? It's, it's like, you know, all good families are the same, all, all dysfunctional ones are dysfunctional in their, in their same way, but each organization has some combination of not dealing with the data. Right. You know, not bringing people front and center. Right. Blaming people for, you know, not sort of knowing what they're supposed to do when nobody told them right? to making the organizational changes. And um, and and so I I don't think that we're going to see these growths in productivity or these big success stories or the promise of technologies and, and AI until until these other things catch up. I, I think that that is a very strong statement, and I, I'm not sure that I disagree with it. Um, but but I also want to actually backtrack a little bit because I think that you made a very strong statement about five minutes ago around you know we expect technology to drive productivity, but productivity is flat. Um, and I found that to be a very interesting statement because even with you know AI, I think there's a lot of folks that are very excited about oh the the productivity impact about AI. I know Juan and I talk a lot about that as well. Uh, that oh my gosh, like you know you can write things much faster and it can help explain the data and you didn't even have to teach it anything. You can just throw it on structured information and all of a sudden it's telling you insightful things and answering your questions and things like that. Right. Um, so it certainly feels like there's a productivity improvement that's happening, but it seems like you're kind of saying something is weighing it down. It, it, it's related to it's related to governance and to quality and to people and to organization design. Is that a correct way of thinking of it? And, 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 and you know, uh, and is it, you know, what really goes into you saying the kind of productivity is, is, is flat versus maybe, you know, just increasing, but not as much as we wish? Uh, well, let me, answer the first question the last mm -hmm. question first and you know so i i read a magazine called the economist right and 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 they follow such things and and you know they've had a couple of good features on this particular topic in in the last year 18 months or or whatever it is so you know this is not you know tom redman opining that productivity is flat this is you know u.s government statistics or you know whatever it is that the economist is is sourcing things on and and um and and so so yes i mean that that's that is the strong statement um you know people want to challenge that you know it's a well go look you know kind of thing i mean there's improvements that don't make it into the productivity stats and and you know maybe there's there there's things there but then your first comment was your first question was hey tom i think you said that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that has to happen for this product, for this technology, or any technology for that matter, to really flower, and it hasn't happened, okay? And 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 that's I, that is a hundred percent what I'm saying, right? Now, now further, by the way, though, Tim, take take uh, new technology out of it. I mean, just take day in and day out work, right? And day in and day out work, we are still left with the fact that across an organization a third, 40%, a half of people's time is spent dealing with mundane data, data issues. I mean, it is a tremendous productivity drag having nothing to do with any new technology.
the the one of the things that I'm we focus so much on productivity, and I want to kind of tie this to one of the, the the takeaways I've been having from the conference right now is when it comes to data and what CDO should be focusing on is uh, value. And I think that when I brought up last year, the theme was value. How are we driving business value? Business value. And right now, the theme that I'm hearing throughout yesterday and today, it's profit center. How are we making sure that the data that CDOs are not, the, the, the business value they're driving is profit, which is different from productivity. Uh, and I would argue it's different because productivity, like efficiency, like that's the, that's like, oh, well, you, you spent uh, less time here. Therefore, you, your time is worth so much. So we saved whatever. I was like, that's the fluffy type of kind of savings, I would argue. But, but So no, wait a minute. Cost reduction is not fluffy, right? Profit is still revenue minus cost. And so if you take cost out, it is, it is impacting, it is impacting uh, profit and, 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 and sort of, you know, productivity is sort of like, what did you get per unit of labor, right? And so you, you know, reduce the unit of labor. I mean, there is nothing fluffy about that. So, so, right. So, yeah, very fair, fair point is very factual. You just said, I agree. That's only, right. only going to rephrase. I think is a lot, a lot of the, the, there's all these claims that people are making about how things can be, we save so much time and stuff. And I, I feel that this is, this is uh, these claims about how we're saving time when it comes to data. I, I don't know. I see this kind of a lot of the vendors going on and that's the fluffiness that I do. But when I, when we zoom out, I think what we really need to be able to go make sure that we're aligning is to what are the top level, uh, top three pain points that the companies are doing. And it's not like, Oh, we're wasting too much time uh, cleaning the data, whatever, stuff like that. Well, so let's build on that, right? I mean, so, I mean, at a high level, right? You know, look at profit and revenue and revenue and cost, right? Well, so, you know, a dollar in either one of them, right? You know, has the same net effect, but organizations think differently about those dollars, right? So I spent my, um, I spent the early part of my career in telephony. And and, you know, there was there was this, you know, concept of a cost, you know, how much it costs to provide a minute of phone service. Right. Kind of thing is, I mean, you know, and billions of minutes were out there. Right. And so if you could drive that down by just a fraction, it was an incredible. Right. And an incredible uh, multiplier. And so so uh, costs went down. And in, in telecommunications at the time I, I worked there those dollars were were valued right now i went my, my first client when i hung up my shingle was an investment bank right and and frankly you know they spent water like you know like a drunken sailor right you know in port kind of thing and they didn't care about cost right but and 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 when you know, when you really looked at it i mean they got their bonuses on making deals right they cared about revenue and and so to your point Right. The the um, you know, the data efforts ought to be aligned to, you know, to, to what the business cares about. Right. And aligned to, you know, hard numbers that the business cares about. The most incredible thing in the statement you just made is, is why in the world in 2022 are we even having a discussion about the notion that you got to add value? Right. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. is. I mean. Think about how ridiculous that is for any function, any operation, any process in any company everywhere, right? No, you know, say, oh yeah, we just exist so that you can play games, 
right? You know, with the data, it is absurd, right? Now, I do agree with you. I mean, there is, I, so I see the shift more to, it is a political thing. And, and, we, and, and we want dollars on the revenue side as opposed to, to the cost side. The, the harsh reality there, though, is, is you can't sell bad data. You can't use it to, to make a model. You can't use it to make better decisions or anything like that. So, so data quality, I mean, if, if, if it's easy to see the cost reduction. But it, it is also on the critical path to, frankly, anything on the revenue side using, using, using data. Okay. And, and so it's, it's almost like the gift that keeps giving in that respect. Yes, we're going to get the immediate cost reduction. And we're going to set ourselves up so that we can do, you know, more clever and, and um, you know, fun things with the data. So. Tom, what needs to change? What you talked a little bit about some wetware problems and you know some of our data management problems, and we we haven't been turning this latest latest data revolution into productivity. So what what needs to change? So so look, I'm going to narrow my focus right now for a minute on on data quality. Okay, mm -hmm. and and I, and I want you to imagine, Tim, that you have a bucket. And in that bucket is every data quality issue that the company has today. Okay. Now, you know, you'll probably say, well, Tom, that's not a bucket. That's a big oil drum, right? Or maybe it's a tanker or maybe it's a super tanker or whatever it is. It's a bit like, okay. And, and now do the thought experiment that says all those went away. Okay. All those went away. And what would you have in a year? Right. Well, the bottom line is, you'd have the same problem you have now today, right? Because organizations, the, the, the things that are causing these problems to happen, to be in your way today, the root causes of those things continue to exist, right? And, and so, you know, it's, just, it's, it's like, okay, well, we cleaned up all the bad data. Not to worry, the company will make more, right? right? We have technical debt, we've eliminated it. Not to worry, we'll make more, right? We, were, we, we, we don't understand lineage. Well, okay, we've solved the problem. Not to worry, we'll make more, all right? And, so it's and a Band-Aid every time. It, it is a Band-Aid every time. And organizations are focused on getting through the day, right? And, and so, you know, if you, if you talk to somebody in sales and, and they're trying to follow up on the data they get from their marketing counterparts, and they have a quota, they've got to make so many calls, and the data's not right. Well, you can't blame them for cleaning up that data so they can meet their, 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 their quota. But on the other hand, they're just laying the foundation for that problem never going away. And so, so data issue whack-a-mole is not the answer. Data, so it's not the complete answer. I mean, you must get through the day. But the secret is the secret is is to figure out how we're going to stop making so many errors, right? Stop creating so many of these problems, and and from a quality perspective, here's what works: is is you know you Tim are a customer of data coming in from marketing. I'm in marketing. I'm the creator of the stuff you need, right? Rather than you being in the bad habit of of just accepting my junk and probably swearing at. Right, you know, under your breath is is you know, actually give me a call, 
and say, Tom, I'm having some problems with the lead state. Can we sit down? Can we work out what's going on? Right. And almost always when you approach me in a professional manner, I said almost always, not always, but almost always there is a healthy interaction. All right. And a high fraction of the time, you know, you'll get a response like, Tim, I never knew you needed that stuff. I can do better. Okay. And, and so like the three hours a day you're spending, well, we may not be able to reduce that to zero, but you know, that three hours a day practically, and this is what, you know, all those success stories I've talked about is that three hours a day goes to an hour and, and a half an hour is, you know, is spent, right. So working with helping me get you better data and a half an hour is spent, um, you know, is spent cleaning up things that we haven't sorted out yet. Right. Okay. Now, probably then we're also going to say, Hey, you know, Hey, uh, Tim, the person you're sending your data to, right. You're creating his data, his, her, their data, right. You know, you got to be conscious of that too. All right. And, and so, so this is why this is an organizational issue or a cultural issue or whatever you want to talk about. Like there are these fundamental concepts called a data customer and a data creator. Okay. And it is observably true that everybody in every organization has those roles to do, but they are not doing those roles. They're not conscious of those roles. They're not trained in those roles. They're not supported in those roles. Right. And, 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 you know, everybody, 95% of the people in organization are doing this data management untrained, right. Without support. And, and it's really no surprise that two thirds or a third of the time, I'm sorry, I misspoke. A third of the time is spent dealing with these, with these kinds of issues. All right. Now, I mean, let me just say one more thing. So, so like, everybody who has taken this up. I mean, this is really empowering stuff, but at the organizational level, it is a change, right? And, you know, the reason I'd be the organizational change doc is, you know, sorting out how do you get these things into an organization at scale um, and, um, you know, and, and painlessly. So, so, so Tim and I here are back channeling and we're like, so does the idea of bad data incorrect? It's really data that that because people are creating this data, it's the lack of collaboration, the lack of understanding. So it's it, it's not bad data. It's just well misunderstood data. It's uh. Well, so I mean, look, the data literally is bad. So I'm okay, right. So you, you know, like if I put in if I put in and my address is you know ten Main Street, you know any town USA, and you're trying to use it to send me a package, well, it's bad data because that's not where I live. Okay. And, and, um, and, and so, but, but it is getting together. Right. And so, I mean, you may look at this and go, well, Tom, you know, there is no any town USA. I can't send a package there. And so now, you know, you do the work to find out where I really live. Right. Now you are correct though, in the, in the extent that, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm creating this bad data to screw you up or anything like that. Right. We don't have an understanding of what you need. Well, so, so I think we can make like consider almost a spectrum of the types of data issues. One where we would argue like, yes, this is bad, this is wrong and so forth, all the way to, to another side of the spectrum where it's misunderstood. We're like, you agree, you say it's this, I say it's no, like depending on the context, we're both right, we're both wrong. Yeah. So look, I mean, you're absolutely right, right about that. I, I, I think of the spectrum of data issues in terms of how easy they are to solve. 
Okay. And so I want to take a hundred in a couple of, and we're not talking about the specific errors. We're talking about the root causes of the errors. And I want to take a hundred of those and 80 of them are pretty easy when you get people together. Okay. And then they get increasingly complex, right? And there's probably two of them that, you know, are deep ontological. What do we mean by customer, right? What do we mean by address, right? That, that, that you know, are, are too hard for most people to solve, right? Um, and, and those can be pretty darn costly. So they can impact a lot of things. But by sheer number, right, by sheer number, 80% um, are pretty darn easy. And, and organizations should start on those, um, right? People should start on those. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, we're, we're drawn like like moss to a, a, a flame on, you know, let's tackle the really hard ones, right? Let's get a common definition of customer across this, you know, 300,000 person company kind of thing. Um, so, 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 so I, I, I mean, I, what you're saying is, is absolutely correct. Okay. I, I want to add one other thing, and, and that is data quality is like people think about it as it's sort of like accuracy. Okay, I mean, they have a narrow conception of it, um, but, but it's actually very broad and, and it depends on context, like what you're trying to do with it. And, and let me illustrate this this way. I mean, are, have any of you guys had a teenager yet? I'm a 14 year old. Okay, so this story, you know, Tim, you may relate to this story. So, you know, you're driving home one day and, um, and, and you get a call and, uh, you know, you don't recognize who it is, but you recognize the numbers from your kid's school, right? And you, so you pick up the call and say, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, Tim, but your kid was caught fighting. And, um, you know, it's a, they may even been trying to break it up. We, we don't know about that, but, you know, we have a zero tolerance policy. And uh, so seven day suspension, five day suspension, right? Well, week suspension, whatever it is, right? So, okay, and you get home and, and, you know, what do you do? You call the kid down and so, but, you know, like, well, how was school today, right? And the kid says to you, dad, it was great. I got an A minus on my Spanish test, okay? Now I made you smile because you're not questioning that the kid got an A minus on the Spanish test, but that's not what you were asking, all right? And, and they know that's not what you were asking. Right. <laughs> All right. So and so there is always this other dimension, which is a lot slippier, 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 called relevance. Is this relevant to the task at hand? Is it relevant to to, to the decision kind of thing? Right. Or, you know, even, even simply the operation and, and quality. People think about it too narrowly. If you're trying to train a model, there are certain times when, you know, bias is your biggest worry. The training set, there is bias in the training set, and you do not want it to be reflected in the model. Well, you know, that's a quality concern, too. Um, there's times when, you know, to, to, to act properly train a model, you just need lots of data kind of thing. So, okay, well, you know, we only did this 30,000 times. It's just not enough. It, is relevance uh, in the 80 that are easier to solve or is it in the 20 that's harder to solve? Or yeah, it depends. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Okay. Well, so the ones that are easier, you know, usually, as, as Juan was saying, you know, is it right or is it wrong? And, you know, is the address right? Um, you know, is, is, is the uh, know your customer code right on things? Yeah. Uh, is it an but, integer in the integer field, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, it's in a correct integer. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so that, that's a good point. Though. So you get like, it's a good test. If you know if it's a right, if it's right or wrong, right? So if, if I can have a right or wrong and we have an agreement on that, then that kind of falls into the, into the easier part. The moment where people started doubting, they're like, okay, let's put this into the bucket that needs to go focus on relevancy and context. And, and for that one, it's where uh, we need to start talking to other humans, people. Exactly right. Look, let's face it. Most people in organizations are not data scientists. No, that right. Most people do things that I like to call run the store, right? So they try to get people interested in your stuff. They try to sell your stuff. They try to deliver your stuff. They count the money associated with that delivery, right? They make hiring decisions. And, and, um, and, and, and so in, in this case, almost all the time, the context is pretty darn clear, right? You know, we need contact information such that, right? We need to know somebody's title such that, you know, when we talk to them, we don't say, you know, well, well, you know, hi, Miss Cicada, how are you doing? You know, kind of thing. I mean, so, so, and a lot of operational stuff, context isn't, isn't that big a deal, but as you begin to work up the value chain and more complicated decisions, and so forth then then other dimensions like you know the relevancy or do we have enough data right um become more and more important so so let, let, let's dive into the topic of people and and uh we are non-salesy podcast but i am all for selling uh, books and knowledge so tell us more about what your what what your upcoming book is about yeah so my my, my book which is already out in the in the uh, uk and most of the world and is out next week in in the united states is called people and data and and it stems from two very simple op observations the first observation is that the vast majority of data management is being done by people without data in their titles, right? By the marketing person, the salesperson, the operation person, the finance person who are simply doing this work of correcting the data, right? Looking for, for some maybe confirmatory stuff, but they are doing management tasks. They're spending a significant fraction of their day doing it. And, and as we noted before, I mean, they're untrained. Um, they're unsupported. They're basically doing this, this, these tasks on their own. And the second observation is, is there is nothing significant that we can do in the data space without regular people, right? So a, a data scientist cannot uh, properly understand the business problem he, she, or they are trying to work on unless they understand what's going on with the regular people, right? At the coal face or in the decision making realm or, or, or whatever it is. And by and large, we have uh, excluded regular people. And, and some people even blame them, right? So they're like, the problem is, well, these people just don't get it. It's, you know, like they've never been trained, they've never been informed or, or anything it's like that. It's their fault. It's their fault, right? Um, they didn't do it. You know, I senior management don't have a system where they were asked to do it. Right. 
But anyway, so people and data, right, starts out and it simply says that we have to bring regular people in, right? And we have to bring them in in, in, in a meaningful way. We have to provide training and support for them. And, and frankly, it argues that that, you know, since that's where the data management is being, you know, that's where the data management is being done. Most data teams, a significant fraction of their time ought to be spent supporting these people. So is this just data literacy or is there more than that we were talking? So look, so I, I hear this term literacy and, and, and I, I want to, first of all, make the comment that I don't like that term at all. Yes. Me okay. too. I, I don't like it. Right. I'll, I'll I mean, give you my rant in a second, but go. <laughs> well, so look, I mean, where I grew up, where you called somebody illiterate, you were calling them stupid. This is exactly my point. This is, and, and, and uh, shout out to Malcolm Hawker. We had that podcast. We, we, we share this sentiment. Data literacy is like. The term's got to go. Amen. Right. Yes. Because you're implying that you're illiterate. And if you're, you're implying that they're stupid, I'm like, no, that's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. Right. There is a difference between being uninformed and untrained and illiterate. And so so but still the answer is no. The first thing that this starts with is you have to think through what it is you want regular people to do. All right. And and so the training is not sort of on literacy, like literacy. You know, you go to college to to be literate, become a great thinker. Right. The way I'm thinking about this is we want you to become a better data customer and data creator. Here's what you need to do your job, right? We want you to learn to make better decisions, right? Here's some training on decision making, right? Here's some support we can give you. Here's some metrics that will help you evaluate whether you're a good decision maker or not. We want you to follow um, uh, privacy and security guidelines. Here's what that means. Here's how you do it, right? We want you to contribute to big, right, big data problems, larger analysis things. Here's what you need to do that, right? We want you to make prob uh, improvements to your business process, independent of anything else going on. Here's what you need to do that, right? And 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 so and, and so this is a big difference. This isn't literacy. For literacy state, it starts with here's five things, and no organization could do all all of them at once, right? You can start, you know. I like starting with quality. I mean, you know where I'm coming from on that. But these are the five things we we want you to do, and now we're setting up our organization to help you do those things. And one of the that helps we're giving is we're we're teaching you how to do those things. Okay. We're teaching you what it means to be a good data customer, what it means to be a da good data creator. Here's the steps you go through to do that work, right? And um, so I, you know, I, I mean, ignoring the literacy thing, I don't think of that as as, as literacy at all. I think of that as, as the same as, you know, if you're a barista, here's how you make a cup of coffee, right? When you're dealing with data, here's what we want you to do, and here's how to do it. Um, and and so I. I, I think, I mean, that is a subtle shift. A lot of literacy people are, you know, going to build on what I say here and say it's all about literacy. Um, and, and it's directionally correct, but not quite. Is that fair? It, so actually, I'm going to take a comment here. We have what title of a workshop instead of data literacy? 
what type? What are you well, talking? I mean, if we, well, we replace data literacy with what? Like instead of saying "come to my data literacy training," it's X. Yeah, well, well the first class is called, you know, "come come, come to data quality training." We're going to teach you how to become a good data customer and good data creator, right? Come to quality improvement training. We're going to teach you how to use small amounts of data to improve your process. Come to decision making class. We're going to teach you how to evaluate whether you're a good decision maker or not. And how to learn to become a better one, right? You know, so we're gonna. So it's, not, it's it's really not about the data first. It's really about like the 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 the, the decisions you're trying to make, the process you're trying to go improve, and then how data is going to help for that. I mean, look, we started this with business results, right? I mean, so this is driven by business results, exactly. right? So right. This is a great point. That I think one could argue that data literacy is is shedding the light or or, or putting the focus. On, on what we should not be doing, right? We should not, it's, it shouldn't be the first thing or how we frame it. We should be, if, we, if our goal is to drive business value and increase profit and so forth, like the, the workshops and the training should be about the business process going first and then how data supports that versus, I think, I think we're like doing it the other way around. Like, here's what you need to go do with data. Here's all the data, the data and tech conversation comes first. Hey, here's how you use uh, uh, Power BI to go do these things, right? You're training the training on technology instead of like the, the, the so business problems. So look, I mean, you know, I, I, I've just been working with a, a client in um, this Gulf Bank. We put this in the public domain. There's a great article in Harvard Business Review a, a, a couple of um, a couple of months ago, right? But the training there. We first set up in inside that company a, a network of people called ambassadors, who are the the point people for all things data down to the team level. The company has about two thousand people in it, and and one hundred and forty ambassadors got named. All right, and and um, and so it's a part time role, right? So the point people, but then the promise to those people was you're going to get world class training, right? And and then you know once that was done, that took about six months. Everybody in the bank got training on, you know, we called it data 101. It's this customer and, and creator stuff kind of thing. But there were like 20 versions of it, you know, you know, Juan, you work in a branch. Well, here's the stuff for the branch. Um, Tim, you work in risk management, right? Here it is in, in risk management. And, and the underlying principles were the same, right? But the examples were tailored to the work that people were, were, were doing. Okay. Who, who was developing that training? Like, was that the governance office, or is there a spe was there a specialized group focused around you know data and quality training and things like that? So look, so yeah, I'm I'm really glad you asked that question. So so um, so we we the, the chief data office put that training together. Mm -hmm. uh, I helped them put that training together. Um, you know, we went we went through how it was going to be delivered. By the way, nothing was delivered online. Everything was face to face, hmm. right? And and it was delivered face to face because this is the importance that we place on it, um, kind of thing. But but a really really key thing is is the uh, chief data office worked worked with HR and HR is where the training center was and and you know knew how to deliver courses and and could do things at scale. Right. And it's a plus they had a bigger budget, right, than the, 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 the data office. So the training was was, um, you know, was a joint effort, uh, you know, involving me. I mean, as their, you know, as their as their uh, uh, advisor and then the data office and and then uh, HR. OK, um, 
Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, now, by the way, they call it literacy training. They decided not to go through this, you know, this uh, little tantrum you had, which I agree with, right? <laughs> cut, cut, kind of thing. But, but again, I mean, it was tethered to exactly what we want you to do, right? Um, it was very, very specifically aimed at, at empowering people, um, you know, to make it so you don't have to come in every day and put up with this junk, right? Um, so here's another interesting question we're getting here from the audience is, uh, I think you're missing one root. I think you miss one root cause of data quality, the SQL query writer. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this? Um, so that that's beyond my level of expertise. Um, I, I, I can't comment on that. Well, so let me chime in. I think th this is more about now getting into more of the semantics, the understanding is I got a question. I got the data to be able to do like, is the person who's writing the question, writing the query, is actually truly understanding. Oh, that. yeah. And I think this is this goes back to the conversation we were having before we started the podcast is that we have this big gap between the, the people who understand the business and where the data and the people who actually manage the data. And then there's, there's we're talking over each other. And we don't even know if we understood this correctly. So, so look, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you raised that question. OK, I, I mean, our initial focus and almost always I advise, you know, customers, you know, like like the sort of analytics, the BI, the data science that comes second. Right. The first thing is getting the store. work. Right. This is the place where you make money. This is the place where you acquire customers. This is where you incur costs. I mean, you know, think about a typical organization. I mean, you know, data science may be one percent of the organization. Right. You know, why are you focusing there um, as opposed to to, you know, the other 98 percent or, or or whatever it is? Now, now, by the way, the answer is that is because that's where the new revenue is going to come. Right. But you still need that data out of the store to be of high quality before, you know, you're really going to be able to do good, good data science. And I think another thing that I part of my rant when I say I don't like the, the dislike the data literacy is that what we do need is business literacy training for the data folks or data teams because oh, I right. because I would argue in that case that they are kind of illiterate when it comes to how the business works. Sometimes I even think that a lot of data scientists are kind of like entitled. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's almost I'm not like, the one saying it, but yes, that's okay. I, but I mean, some yeah, of I know them, I agree. I agree with you. Right, but it's it's like. You know, we don't realize how a lot of data science don't realize how hard it is to come into work every day and run an operation, right? Run a branch, right? So, you know, like people may not show up, the electricity may fail, the computers may not boot up, right? So we've got to do this regulatory reporting and all kinds of things can go on. So, right, like, like the, the work of running the store is really, really hard. Right. And and I feel that too many data scientists are not respectful of that. And they go, well, Tim, you know, you're doing this hard stuff. I got this clever model that will make your life like, you know, a whole lot easier. Right. And you're smiling and, you know, and you're thinking and, if you know, there's two words you're thinking and, and hopefully there are no thanks, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, it just looking at the businesses as a whole. Right. As 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 best I understand them, um, the the most efficient place to start, the easiest place 
to start the place that makes it so that you can do the clever stuff later on is in the in in the stuff i call running the store i like this running the store running yep. the store right. right the stuff we do to make money right <laughs> okay it's not a deep concept no all right so with that let's go start wrapping up because uh Time flies. <laughs> it does. It does. Look. So, I mean, can I just, you know, say, look, people in data is out next week. And, and I have done my level best to diagnose these problems. Half of this book is aimed at diagnosing the problems. And I think that a lot of problems when they're when they're properly diagnosed, the answers are not that hard. Right. And, and once and one thing you cannot unhear if you're on this podcast is that most data management work is being done by regular people without training, right? And support, all right? And so if you're in data, that cannot be okay with you, right? And and so, you know, it's a lot of what people have done. So, well, okay, well, now what do you do um, kind of thing? So I like that. Most data management is done by regular people who don't have the training. They have no training and no support. And support, right. right? So let's do the AI minute. You got one minute to rant, talk, whatever you want to say about AI. Ready, set, go. So look, I think that, I think that I'm really excited about AI, um, but I think that those who don't recognize that, that there are data and people and organizational issues that, that need to be worked on, and these are hard issues, they demand equal, um, they demand equal attention as the technology. I think that those who don't spend that energy are going to be sorely disappointed right and and any promoters of ai who are not transparent about that are on my rant list all right fair hey. criticism yeah all right uh tim we got some lightning round questions uh we do yeah and i think uh juan why don't we start with you uh, all right let's this off right here so our lightning round questions are presented by data.world so Question number one, the assembly line, electrification, personal computing, the internet, these technologies have really made a gigantic uh, productivity impact. Um, will AI break out, uh, break our current productivity plateau that you've been talking about? Um, so I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I mean, I, I think that AI, data quality, and people are entwined. Right. And you're going to have to make progress on all three of those along the lines that we talked about. And if enough companies do, then certainly they have the potential to break the productivity, the productivity trap to, you know, accelerate productivity. And but if you fail on any of them, I don't think so. Right. Um, AI depends on high quality data and high quality data depends on people. I like that. AI depends on high quality data and that depends on people. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so, all right. Okay. You go, Tim. All right. Can the majority of the data pro quality problems uh, be addressed by training and supporting the regular people in the company? So far, the evidence is yes. And, and it's not just that they can, they can be addressed, but, but it is a big winner and nothing empowers regular people than not having to come in and deal with other people's junk every day. <laughs> nice. I, I, by the way, I want to say one other thing about this. Like I, I've been searching for some time for what's the right analogy for people who've completed data quality improvement projects. 
And the best one I come up with is, is like when a six or a five, six or seven year old learns to ride a bike. Right. And they can't ride the bike. They can't ride the bike. They can't ride the bike. And then all of a sudden they can. And they are the coolest ever. And they're walking around, you know, chest point, you know, look, dad, one hand. Right. Look, you know, and then two days later, no hands and stuff like that. Like it is freedom. Right. And so you're smiling, Tim. I mean, so, you know, how insufferable people, you know, kids are when, when they've done this for for a while. And 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 I and, and it's been the coolest, most unanticipated part of my job. Right. Is is this connection between data quality improvement and human empowerment? Okay. There's an unlock moment that happens that uh, is is pretty revelatory. It really is, right? Um, so, you know, it's. I mean, look, you know, when I graduated, I was, you know, as techie as anybody, and and now here, you know, at, at this point, late in my career, you know, Tom Redmond, human empowerment. I'm 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 pretty darn psyched about that. Nice. All right. Ne next question. So instead of data literacy, how about we call it data enablement? Okay, data enablement. Um, so look, I mean, data enablement. A lot of people will interpret that as is we need, you know, we need to make the data available for everybody, um, and um, and so you know it could be confused. But I mean, I like where you're going with the enablement, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. I mean, I also think it's mundane, more you know, just the mundane. Well, here's what you need to do your job, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, here's how you get your job done. <laughs> so it's on the job. It's job training, essentially. It's job training. I mean, just think about it. If you went in, you know, if you went in and ordered, a, you know, a Starbucks and you ordered a coffee and the barista said, well, you know, I've been working here for three years and I still nobody's ever given me any training how to make a cup of coffee. So this is going to be an adventure and you get what you get. Right. It was kind of thing. I mean, it's ridiculous when you see it in that in, in that light. OK, um, so. So I, 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 I mean, I like enablement. I, I, you know, maybe a better phrase. I just, you know, like here's what you need to do your job. You know, <laughs> I love that. All right. All right. Fourth, fourth and final lightning round question. This one has a little bit of an open-endedness to it, but I'm very curious to the uh, the answer. So we're going to cheat a little bit. So you emphasized data quality quite a bit today. Um, would data privacy and security be the next thing or two? Or, you know, what's the second thing? If you had to pick your second thing that was coming after data quality, what would that thing be? I think the thing I'd, I'd pick is, is um, you know, process improvement using small amounts of data. Okay. I think that, and the reason I think that is, is I think that there's progression from everybody just getting a quality issue to everybody being able to use data to improve their process, you know, their team's performance or whatever to be assisting in big data kinds of things. And I, and I think the way you build organizational muscle, individual capability is in a sequence like that. I really love this answer. And I think it's something that I've been thinking a lot is, is we need to, what I, I always talk about catalogs are more than data. It's about data and knowledge. And part of that knowledge is bringing together is how the business operates, the business processes and the decisions that are being done and the people are part of that stuff. And then at the end, you talk about data lineage, but I want to talk about business lineage and how things work so I can improve those processes or learn from the processes that are doing great and how and why they're doing great. What So yes, this is, I love that. All right, right. Tim, takeaway times. Take us away with your takeaways. All right. Well, we started off with the question of what's not working in the data world. 
And uh, you actually started off on a very positive note, which we appreciate. And you said, hey, if you look at the, the last 20 plus years of success stories, there is a lot of positive to see. You know, uh, you said that, uh, you know, if you look at the telecommunications space, all the, you know, the, the data driven uh, sort of ability to, to make these networks work at scale and manufacturing what we've accomplished there. There's also these really compelling AI stories. You mentioned Morgan Stanley, for example, with Next Best, Best Action and uh, these data quality, uh, you know, success stories at places like Chevron, et cetera. Although the data quality success stories aren't, aren't quite as plentiful as, as you might hope. Uh, but you did mention that they're out there. Uh, however, you know, given that success, progress has been expensive. A lot of money has been flowing out the door. It's been slow. It's been painful. And it's been uncertain. Um, we haven't notably affected the failure rate of data science and data projects in general, which continues to be in the 80 to 90 percent range, depending on sort of what studies you look like look at. And that hasn't notably changed, uh, despite the fact we have all this exciting new technology. Right. We have modern data warehouses. We have streaming technology. We have blockchain. We have AI advances. So there's this paradox, as you noted, of all this technological advancement and yet very little, if any, productivity improvement. And right. I even pushed on that productivity a little bit. And you noted, like, if you look at, you know, The Economist and these sort of macroeconomic studies, you can see that, you know, even though maybe on a day-to-day -day basis, we feel like we have these magic moments, on the whole, in the aggregate, productivity has not notably changed. Um, and that's a problem. Uh, and it really ties back to uh, the fact that, uh, as you mentioned multiple times today, you know, people and process and data quality uh, all need to come together and need to work well if you want to then be able to take advantage of a lot of these more advanced technologies. Uh, and I know we'll, we'll have a few more takeaways on that in a moment. Um, uh, you mentioned that uh, it is absurd that today people have to talk about business value. It's the, the 2020s, for God's sake. And uh, and somehow that uh, we have to remind people of this. And either it's a problem that we have to remind them of it or it's a problem that uh, that, that, that we're here in the first place. So. Um, and when you really zoomed into what needs to change, uh, you really especially zoomed into data quality. I think that was one of the biggest things that you emphasized today. Uh, and uh, I think you had a really good sort of uh, analogy or example when you said if you put all your issues into that bucket related to data quality. Now, imagine all those issues went away. Come back a year later and all those issues are going to be back again because you didn't solve the root problem. And so if you really want to address data quality in a, in a real way, you have to solve the root cause and you really have to talk to people. You got to work with people, understand them, understand the business and really think about data customers and data creators. Those are the two personas or those two kind of roles in the organization. Uh, and a ton of people are actually in the business. They are the ones who are creating the data. They are not supported. They're not trained. 95% of the people are doing data management are in those roles that are untrained. Uh, and that's a huge problem. And Juan, I'll pass it over to you. Well, we were talking about, hey, is, is bad thing, bad data, is that actually a thing or not? You're like, yes, there is. Like, if I give you the wrong address and I can't ship anything to it because it doesn't even exist, that's bad data. But we are discussing like this sort of spectrum of data issues, right? You can have uh, 100, 100 issues, 80, 80 of them, 80% can probably be the easy things to go solve, right? And where easy means there's a clear right or wrong. And maybe that 20% will have those uh, deep, uh, logical, philosophical issues, but those are the ones that are costly, right? Um, so another thing is that folks are often, we, when we talk about data quality, they're so narrow routed. So it's not just about accuracy, but also think about the relevance around things. And yeah. it goes back to like, if it's right or wrong, or there is a, that's a test to solve, it's an easy thing. And if you, if you don't know if it's right or wrong, then it's that 
complicated, then that means you need the context and that's you need the relevance. You go talk to people around that. So people, pe people, people, people is a big uh, theme here. Most people aren't data scientists, right? They're the people who go just run the store. So I think that first observation you had part of your book is that uh, the vast majority of data management is being done by people without data in their titles. They work in marketing, the ops and finance, right? And they're doing the work of confirming the data. They're untrained, they're unsupported. They're just trying to get their job done. And the second observation is that the data scientists, right, of the whole data teams, they don't properly understand the business, you know, the business problems they're working on, unless they understand what is going on with the regular people involved in those decisions. Like, this is the, the miscommunication that we have. So we need to bring in the regular people. And I think we both share this sentiment that data literacy is a term that needs to go because it's, they're not they're not illiterate, right? Uh, they're uninformed. Um, so we, we want you to become a better data customer and a data creator because everybody is a data customer and everybody's a data creator. Um, and uh, I think we're talking, if it's not data literacy training workshops, right, then it's about uh, how to improve the quality, how to understand your decisions, what are your business processes, those are the types of workshops that we should be having. Um, so who's, who does this work? You're talking about, in your examples, a customer, like a bank, they had over 100 ambassadors. It's part, it's a part-time of their role, right? You get world-class training around this. It goes, it's part of the CDO office to put those training, where you have all this face-to-face. -face. You end up working with the HR, right, to figure out how to go scale this, because they have a bigger budget. Um, so running the business is harder than the data scientists and the analysts give credit, right? Running the store is hard and it's critical. And this is why you need to go learn around that, be that business uh, literacy we're arguing. So, and I think the closing the, the sentence here that summarizes everything is most data management is done by regular people without training and without support. Right, and, and to just put a capstone on it, and it may not stand. It, it, it is time for that to go away. How did we do anything we missed on takeaways? No, I think we did really, really great. I mean, I, I mean and we'll add, you know, one other thing, we didn't really talk much about leadership and we didn't talk about courage, right? But you know, these changes, I mean, it, it, the, the people who've done these things before, their leadership was involved, right? They, you know, and they were leaders themselves and they were working with leadership, you know, across the, the, the organization that they were dealing with. And the last thing is, is any change, I don't care how small it is, requires courage, right? So breaking out, right? Breaking out from doing this to doing that is um you know it is it is an act of courage i think that's really important to note that because i think it's easy, uh, easy sometimes uh, especially when we talk about data quality get really obsessed with some of the minutiae some of the detail sometimes you got to remember leadership courage change requires leadership and uh and that's that's a necessary ingredient so to, so to wrap us up quickly here um advice who should you invite next and what resources do you follow um, well, so I'll answer those in reverse order. Look, I read everything, right? I mean, I cast a wide net, right? So, you know, like things from in the business world from, you know, Michael Porter and Peter Drucker. And, and it's like, you know, so why does a data guy know about productivity, right? So, you know, some economics in there. I, I, I study, but not view myself as expert in change management, right? I, um, and, and, and by the way, I mean, I, look, I, I am a voracious reader and I learn, I try to learn things and integrate them into the way I'm thinking about things. I do my best to give credit to others who have contributed to, 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 to my thinking. So read everything. Read. All right. So read. who should we invite next? So, 
So, I, look, I mean, I, I think that there's a great list of, of people who've written with me in the past couple of, couple of years. But if you really want to focus on catalogs, right, then, then um, I, I had a little study group consisting of uh, Dave Hay, John Zachman, and Luanga Young, okay? And, and, you know, as I mentioned John and John's framework, and you looked it up and said, gee, this would be a great thing. Great, great thing to learn. Another guy I work a lot with is is Tom Davenport, um, the chief data officer at Gulf Bank would be a you know a, a great person to have, right? Some people in the data management community like you know like like John Ladley are sort of like struggling. At the, how do we make this stuff you know more relevant and and better? So yeah, I mean, that's more candidates. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I love that. I'm excited to chat with Tom Davenport. So him soon yeah so finally to wrap us up take us away with your advice yeah my, my advice is, is you know like have courage i mean go after this right you know we're, we're we're at the equivalent of day one in the data space and it's easy to think you're behind because you don't know technology you don't know this you don't know that but i don't care who you are right you can make a mark within your team within your division within your company and you can do it now right and and, you know, it's, it's a knowledge about data. Well, you know, that's in short supply, but what's in even shorter supply is courage. And so have a, you know, have the courage to get yourself out there. And, and with that, I love this courage. And I'm going to just, uh, a last question that came up here was, uh, I need business literacy class. Where can I learn or unlearn? I'm like, you know what? I think Anna, Anna says this is an opportunity to be, to be courageous and just go meet the people in your business and the, the people who are running the store and just ask them, hey, how do you run your business? How do you run that store? I think that's the way to, to start. Just you, you, all these people are around you to start up the courage and go talk. Yeah, I mean, let me build on that. Go read your annual report. Okay. There's a lot there, of stuff there, there. Right there. Yeah. If a public company, go read the annual report and everything. Right. Right. I mean, even private companies have some yeah. sort of report like that. So you don't have to bother anybody to, you know, to do that. And with that, Tom, this is a great way. Cheers. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you. We're on, and we're Cheers, off. Tom. We have our honest, no BS data dinner. Cheers, everybody. Thank you.